The views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everyone, I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, this is an amazing time. Uh, I was talking with someone that uh, I've known for quite some time. And we were talking about, you know, growing up in kind of this world, corporate America, back in the 60s when it was still okay, or actually 70s for me, back when it was still okay to stand up in front of a room and uh, that had both men and women in it and tell dirty jokes. And yeah, dirty jokes, and I mean seriously dirty jokes. And it's really interesting to sit here today and be talking with all of you from a completely different place. You know, a place where people can really express their feelings about equality. They can express their feelings about what they care for, what they believe in. And I have to tell you that, you know, none of this is really lost on me. Because for those of us that have kind of come through, you know, this world, we've come through days and, you know, dates and times where it really wasn't okay to talk. It wasn't okay, you know, to kind of say the kinds of things that, you know, we wanted to say. But today is a new day. And I want to thank everybody out there that believes in the kinds of things that create a collaborative, cooperative, and loving universe for all of us. And that's, I think, what you walk away with from this election on so many levels. And I want to thank all of you for, you know, making some of the statements that you've made really in support of of each other and of what it means to be an American right now. And so thank to everybody out there that went and voted. Doesn't matter what you voted for, at least you expressed yourself in a very, very cool way. Today's show is a show that I've been looking forward to doing. And, and it gives each and every one of us a perspective on what it means to step into this world from a complete place of understanding sacred energy and that sacred energy of the universe. You know, what is it about messages of love that carry such a vibration? You know, what is about is it about uh, messages of collaboration? Joining me here today 
I'm thrilled to have, uh, you know, Beth Cosmos joining me here today, someone that knows a lot about what this spiritual journey is all about. She's joining me here today uh, as someone that is taking a very, very powerful message out, a message of that goes beyond spirituality. I get to have a conversation with her about healing with the sacred energy of the universe, talk to her about, you know, great book that she's put out there, but all about the life's lessons, the journeys. You know, Beth is an ordained minister in the Science of Mind Church for spiritual healing. And beyond all of that, she is someone that is studied, that is practiced, that understands the depth and the breadth of what does it mean, what it means to be on a sacred journey. Uh, you know, this is a great show. Uh, Beth, thank you for joining us here today. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you. What a beautiful introduction. It was just lovely. Thank you. I, I can't help but starting out in, in, a, in, in an interesting place. You know, I, my show is, as many people know, apolitical, meaning that we don't really get on political sides one way or the other. But what we do talk about is we talk about what it means to be a human being, what it means to be spiritual and having this earth skin, and what does it mean for all of humanity. And today, I'm really struck by some of the things that people are talking about given this post-election uh, post-election position we're in. Now, I'm in the state of Washington, and we still have a couple things in the state of Washington, like who is going to be our next governor that's undecided. But the general feeling of, uh, 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 of people in this state is one of excitement also, as well as one of calm. I want to talk with you about the sacred energy of the universe because this election has been called one of the more fearful, uh, anxiety-ridden election for the people of this country. So welcome to the show. I bet you didn't know you were going to talk about this today. <laughs> no, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Well, if, if I can find the wavelength here that you're moving to, I said I hear the word sphere. Um, we hear um, uncertainty, uh, some of the things that you're talking about. And I think what we're really talking about is change. And, you know, change is really happening, not just only in our political realm, but almost every facet of light that we're looking at, uh, if you want to talk particularly about the United States, but it reverberates all over the globe, whether it's our, our Wall Street, whether it's our health, uh, forum, whether it's the automobile industry, I mean, um, um, everything is being looked at and overturned, and it seems like this awakening that everyone is excited about in terms of a spiritual is is very much alive in demonstrating in the physical. It's it's, it's showing us that in uh, um, asking for for everybody to wake up on all levels. And and so I think the number one thing is is don't give in to the fear of it. We have to trust. Um, and if you're rooted with a strong foundation in a spiritual reality, then 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 the fear is okay. It it will it won't be there. Mm. That's why I wanted to bring this up and talk with you about. It. I knew you and I were going to talk and 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 have a conversation about sacred energy and of course. But let me ask you about the book. Let me ask you about mm-hmm. all the days. 
uh, in, in your writing of this book, which really ties into your own spiritual journey. I got to ask you a question that many people have asked me. When you were five years old, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Beth, when you were five years old, <laughs> did you sit down and think to yourself, "I here I am, this five-year-old, that I would be on the kind of spiritual journey that you're on now? Did you have a sense of that? I think I think you've overheard me say something at some point. I've just met you. <laughs> I, I I do say to people, if I, uh, I I don't think I would take it back to five years old because five years old, um, I, I lived I think more in the spiritual realm than I did in the physical. But there was a time early on that if somebody were to say to me, you know. You're going to be doing energy healing, and you're going to be doing it in a clinical setting, and you'll probably do research with it. I would think they were pretty nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, there is a part that you sit in wonderment where the journey has taken you when you have opened to spiritual awareness. You know, Lynn Andrews has also, you know, I've had Lynn on the show a number of times as well, um, and, you know, talks about the book and, you know, talks about that the, you know, the book inspires your sense of love and the experience of your soul. And I want to talk about that for a minute. I want to just, I just want to talk about, you know, the way that she's talked about the book and what she is saying. And I, wa- I also want to talk about this in the context of, you know, what the Dalai Lama said a couple of years ago about the fact that women, uh, and, and he was talking about us women here in the United States, and well, not just the United States, but he was saying that we're going to be bringing this new level of leadership. And, you know, I woke up this morning, and I don't usually turn on the television. I don't watch, you know, I, 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 my days are so filled with radio that, and, my, and my network that I don't do that. But I flipped on the television. It must have been on a channel for one minute. And I heard a sound bite that said something like, there are more women now in the Senate record-breaking than ever. And I just needed to talk with you about this because, you know, there's an energy that isn't necessarily about women. But there is a feminine energy, isn't there? Most certainly, and 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 I'm sure most of your audience has heard in some other in in many forms that there's masculine and feminine, both in in both male and female, and it's about balancing that, you know. And we've had um, a long era of predominantly male dominated arenas there again in all facets of life. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think it's just talking about bringing balance to to our tribe, so to say, mm-hmm. but also more importantly within each one of us, because as we embrace it within ourselves, even as the women are being pulled in, they have to they have to be balanced themselves because they, you know, it would be very easy going into a male dominated um, environment. Um, that's dominantly very male-driven, male-energy-driven, and not have their own male side uh, mm. responding to it. So, so these women, too, have to, everyone, everyone has to take self-responsibility. And it's really about each individual doing their own healing. And when you do that, no matter if you're in an individual, a family, an organization, or in a high position like our government, affecting lots of people, 
you are affecting the entire world, and you can never doubt that. When you make a small change in yourself, it's a ripple effect, no different than throwing that pebble in the water and watching that. You change yourself, you change the world. Mm. I want to talk about that in context of your journey, your, you know, the, the writing of this book, Amadeus, what it means to people. And also, you know, your dedication uh, of this body of work and who you attribute this to. Give our listeners uh, uh, some information about what your vision was in writing this and what the backdrop is of all of this. Sure, sure. You know, um, had the, the vision in the beginning wasn't a vision. What had happened was um, I, I was studying with a particular healer, Alberto Aquas. Mm-hmm. And after he passed, you know, I carried the tradition on. I was left with all of his his um, notes, etc. That's another whole story. But um, in carrying it on, because I was so attracted to this method of healing so incredibly, um that all, all of a sudden there was a point where I needed to give homage to the person who I learned from and from the source where he brought it from. And that's that, that was my original intention. It wasn't a vision. It was the original intention. Mm-hmm. And I had started early on to do it, but was way late along the way. I, I started to write, and I was investigating, and the next thing I knew I was pulled into a doctorate program. So I did the doctorate using this energy healing method. And then four or five years of that was gone by. I returned to writing the book and completing it. But as I wrote it, um, there again the healing process was still happening because as I wrote it, and, 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 and I wrote it as a historical documentation, who was my teacher? Where did my teacher get this from? And, and, and as I started to cover that and, and put that out to people, I, I, I was, uh, just, just to, to give me some feedback, some critical feedback, they said, you need to have more personal stories in there, please. This is just too, uh, too, too documental, just too historical. Give us some personal information. All right. So I, my, I didn't feel real comfortable doing that, but I said, all right, I'll put a little bit in there. Put a little bit. Oh, yeah, we really like this. Please put some more in. The next thing I know, it almost turned into a memoir. <laughs> <laughs> so this was, they kept asking for more. So this is what, what happens in the book, is that, yes, the historical documentation is there, in there, and there was a lot of investigation for, El, for Alberto's background, which was my teacher, and from the Guarani people who he studied with, and um, culminating altogether, threading through my personal, hoping to give people the sense of the feeling that anyone can heal, and everyone has the capacity to do this. That's what I'm hoping, that the personal stories in there makes it more real and, and closer personal that you too can do this. We've, we've all been in those places that have been tragic and you don't know where to turn to or what to do and then something crosses your path that helps you and and that's what happened with me 
Yeah. You know, it's, uh, this is why I love, love, love doing what I do. I get to have conversations with, you know, someone such as yourself because I really do believe, you know, that my mission is during this time is to help people, people like you, um, folks that have contributed so much, get out to the world and reach the masses because folks are really waiting for this message, Dr. Beth, really, really waiting for this. This is my ninth year doing this. And oh, wow. I know it's, it's, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> you know, it's, it's my ninth year doing this. And I never thought in a million years that I would do this more than the, the moment that I was in back in 2003. But I think when we're called to something, it's very, very hard for us to say no to it. How do you describe your calling? Well, you know, when I was listening to you as as you were bridging that last question and bringing us around here, you were talking about this message. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we, we need to go because the message in the book, even mm-hmm. though there's personal stories and there's historical documentation, it's a message of love. Yes. And we talk about it's so, what's so important right now, even more than we were talking about, you know, you were in the beginning with the political arena and everything's mm-hmm. going on, the fear. This love is, is what really is the true message. This is what we're moving into, I feel. Um, all my experiences all these years with this healing modality and what I had learned from Alberto, what I had learned from these indigenous people, what all indigenous people teach us is that you must move from your heart. And I feel that this epic change that is going on all over that we're moving into is about that, is about bringing awareness to the heart and moving from our heart. Our heart has intelligence. It's quiet. It's nurturing. It's safe. It's the one place... And many times we forget to retreat to, but that is the source of our connection to, to all that is. That's where, when they say, you know, go within, or somebody said, go within, you'll go without. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's really interesting. You and I have something in common, and that is that doctorate degree. That for whatever reason, you know, got us to that place, studying things that were very important to us. Uh, it, you know, it, it was really clear to me in a lot of ways during this election campaign, you, you know, the thing that I studied was, you know, the consequences of breaking promises. You know, what happens when we make promises to ourselves? What happens when we make promises to other people? You know, how does the world react to that vibration? And I'm really struck by not just what's in this book, but by this conversation about sacred energy and what the potentiality is for us to heal with it. From your point of view, first of all, tell tell folks what Amadeus means. But from your point of view and from what you've discovered, what are some of the obstacles that we have to move beyond so that we can truly step into the empowerment place of this healing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's about three or four questions in there. Let me let me let me go to one. Let me let me just explain first. Amadeus. Mm-hmm. Amadeus is 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 Latin. It's two words. Mm-hmm. Ama is to love. Ama is to love, and Deus is God. This title was 
was given to this healing method by Alberto Aguas, my teacher. He was a natural-born healer. That's all he did all of his life. He, well, he did other things, but predominantly he healed and he lectured about healing. It was very important to him for people to understand this. But there was a theme that he understood as he started to see all of the techniques in the world. He realized that the one component that was doing the healing was the force of love. And so the last 10 years of his life, when he returned back to Brazil to his home country, he became involved with the tribe of Indians. They knew he was coming. Uh, they initiated him into their sacred wisdom, unearthed stones that had been buried for over 2,000 years, and handed them to him, tapped him on his chest over his heart, and said, go and share the love. Share the love with the world. And so, um, to, to answer the other parts of your questions, you know, what is Amadeus? This is a method of accessing that stream of consciousness that is love. So you say, you know, what do people do when, when, you're, when you're backed up against the wall and you don't know where to turn? Right. Whatever technique out there, when you, well, for, for myself personally in the book, when I was backed up against the wall, I, I, I just said right out loud in my house, I'm ready. I need to heal. I do not want to attract these other low level situations to myself again. I want to heal. And things began to cross my path that led me in the beginning and ultimately crossing paths with Alberto, which led me to love. And all I could say to people, whether it's Amadeus, no matter what it is that you do, and it doesn't mean that you have to stop doing what you're doing if you love it. You don't have to become an aesthetic. You don't have to end up in a cave or retreat off and be a monk or a nun. You simply, whatever you're doing, is begin bringing your awareness to your heart. We all know this. Why do we change when we go to work? Why do we pull another mask on and be somebody else and be rough with somebody? Or why, you know, I often think, Pat, I often think when I'm driving my car and people do weird stuff in the car. But those same people, I just bet it, those same people, if you were in line in the bank, would, would probably help you, you know, and say, here, do you need to go ahead of me or whatever? But something about, you know, if, we're, if we don't think we're being seen or whatever, we, we kind of get gruff and everything. But that's not our love side. What, what's happening to us? What happens when we go into different environments and, and change how we act towards people? Well, our, our biggest mirror for us are the indigenous people because they live in cooperation. There's no competition. Social ranking is by by the value of your heart, how you are giving your access to the spiritual realm. That's how you're viewed. And I want to talk about this in the context of, and I, and, and, and I did mention the election early on. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the, the part about love is very important to really pick up on. Because if you go back eight years, and eight years is not a really whole lot of time in changing a culture, right? Would you agree to that? 
you know, well, right now much. everything is accelerated. <laughs> there it is. It is accelerated. But, you know, eight years ago, if you were to turn on a TV during an election, especially in the state of Hawaii, which is all Ohana, right, you would have been shocked, shocked by the level of anti-gay marriage, anti-gay anything. Uh, that was out there. I mean, it really moved us towards legislation in this country that made uh, gay marriages or domestic partnerships illegal. Mm-hmm. But because the approach that was taken, as as a couple of the let's just call them experts have talked about during this election, the campaigns, the ads on TV, were all loving, caring, uh, beyond anybody's imagination. People are saying that that energy, that force, transcended a person's point of view, and I and I and I wondered about that, and I wanted to talk with you about that because we're now talking about a complete shift in consciousness, uh, at least in this country, that that people just didn't think would happen here in this point in time. Is it love? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, 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 all that you were saying, all I kept thinking was, this, this is the sign of the time. You know, we've heard so often that love can move mountains. We have to come into relationship with it on the spiritual side of what love really is. And then you begin to awaken and you see that it's a force. It's a power. And that force is actually drawing us back to our origins to the source that all that all it is because the the power of love the love when when you look into mystical readings if they describe it to you they tell you it's the glue of the universe it's the great unifier and if that is the case and people are awakening we're awakening to the realization that we're all one and so people are dropping the defenses they're moving from their heart, from a compassionate side, as you talk about the Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. Look at how they look at their oppressors. They pray for them. They smile. They say, you, you, you try to talk about it, and they will not speak ill. They see past that um, display that we would not call appropriate and look to the soul of that person and know that they're looking at themselves. Mm. Mm. I want to talk about that. They do that through the point of compassion, through Mm -hmm. love. I love that you're bringing compassion up. I'm so struck by speaking with you and reading the book. I'm really struck by the energy of Kuan Yin. And I want to talk, I want to talk a little bit about that energy, uh, for a minute because, you know, after reading so much, um, about this sacred energy and the sacred energy of the universe that you so beautifully, beautifully have written about. Um, it really, it moves me to this place of unprecedented hope for a better world. And people call me an idealist anyway. You know what I'm saying? You know, they, they, they used to call me Pollyanna. I guess I've just got up, up leveled a little bit here. And I went from Pollyanna to idealist. Okay. But I don't know that I am. And even if I was, I really think it's a time that this is the energy that's being called forth. 
So the healing that I believe you're talking about is more than just our healing ourselves, but aren't you also talking about healing at a much more global level? Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. Like we say, when each individual does. But what I want to go back to something that I heard you say when you said you you read the book or whatever, the mm-hmm. feeling that you had, and you wanted to take it to an idealistic, but the key thing here is that you felt. And this is something that our society has to learn. Many times that we think we feel something, but when you really do feel something, it moves you. It moves you to a place almost to want to say that it's ideal. Mm. And when other people start talking to you, you can kind of shift and get pulled into what they're saying. But no, no, no. If you went back and you picked it up, you have to reside with the resonance that you picked up because that was your truth. And that's where people need to learn to become aware the power of the heart and what it can do. Mm-hmm. And it it will lead you as an individual down the path, your truth, what you need to experience. And it's good for you, and it's okay that it's different from somebody else's. It really is okay, and I think that's what we're finding. You know, some folks have said, and and let's talk about this, because, you you know, it's hard to imagine an openness for this sacred energy if we're not at a place of accepting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... It, What role does, quote, let me just say judgment play from either moving us towards this or preventing us from opening up to sacred energy? Well, judgment's an interesting word. It is. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that uh, we need to be very careful. And the first thing that we find is that we're our own worst judge. Mm Mm-hmm. It's easy to forgive other people, but um, most of the time the judging is happening about ourselves. Even when we look at other people we're judging, we're making a comparison to ourselves. And and, um, this is very, very... uh, uh, How how would I want to take this is that um, to step through and be able to see the point of love or the point of what does namaste mean, that I can see at the level of soul or love who you are, as Mm -hmm. in yourself. Mm -hmm. And these concepts, well, they're concepts to the Western mind right now, but to the indigenous people, this is a way of life. Uh, reciprocity. It's not about judgment because they know they're all connected. If you judge, you're judging God. You're judging the source. So because we're all connected, and this is a part that we have to, there again, I keep taking us back to the indigenous because they're the best mirror for us. They're the ones that have been holding the sacred wisdom intact well, some of us have raised our hand and said, well, we're going to go off and do this for whatever reason we trust. We're, we, we, we have to experience this for whatever, but <laughs> we've gone off and, and experienced this other Western framework, but now we're finding our way back. Mm-hmm. And that judgment 
that we're talking about, um, I think the first part is easy to heal about judging other people, but I think it's more important to really look at ourselves and, and, and watch and see how many times in a day that we judge ourselves and so critical upon ourselves. And we need to be careful with that. We need to be more loving. That's, that's an indicator of self-love. You know, I wanted to ask you about healing. It is probably now one of the most commonly Googled or looked at words now out in the public in our digital uh, media right now. And, uh, in, and we, we see it in many, 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 many forms. Um, people looking for different alternatives to conventional medicine or looking for ways to heal relationships or, you know, heal the country as we're starting to, to, to talk about, you know, what is the, the, from your point of view, what is it that we've learned about healing and what are we yet to learn? Well, um, first and foremost, that healing is self-responsibility. You know, we've also generated um, 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 whole generations of people looking outside themselves for an answer, as well as pointing a finger away from themselves. And to heal is to really to bring into balance. So you need to look at yourself, be honest with yourself, and it's really about self-discovery. It's about emotional release. And when we release that and we're self-responsible about following through with it, then we become more whole. One of the things that, you know, I want to talk with you about, but before we continue, let, can we just take a moment for you to let folks know, first of all, how to get a copy of the book and let them, let's, let's have your website and the best way to connect with you and your work. Oh, thank you. Yes. There is a, um, the main website for Amadeus is uh, the title AMA-DEUS- international.com so it's www.ama-deus-international.com and at the website there's you know there's a little bit of everything there's a little bit of the history uh, there's a list of the schedule of the classes there's a way to communicate to me um, there's information on the book the book is on Amazon it's in Barnes and Noble um, I encourage people to go to their local bookstores. I've gotten it into, in our own city here, into a couple of bookstores here by local. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think that's all that you asked. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about spreading the word and the energy. Uh, for a minute, and you know what uh, what the book what uh, the the book that you 've written Amadeus really calls forth there 's so many beautiful, beautiful um, aspects uh, of the book and and a couple of them 
uh, have really called to mind for me. But what I was really struck by was a conversation about heart intelligence. I mean, it's just mm. one thing in the book. And, and I want to say to people listening, it really is just one thing in the book. This book is so a beautifully, beautifully written. It is just so wonderful. But heart intelligence, you know, if you just said heart intelligence a couple of years ago, people would have looked at you like, what? What what are you talking about? <laughs> You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah. So, so heart intelligence um, is pro- was probably started by that word was coined maybe or formulated best by Stephen Harrod Buhnerin, and I think I actually quoted him in the book um, in talking about physical properties of the heart. Does a beautiful job in his book. I think it's the secret teaching of plants. If you can believe it or not, but um, heart intelligence. Yes, um, I, I, I do talk almost in a, a whole section on there about the heart. I wanted to bring in as much as I could to help people um, have a sense on as many different levels of the importance it is. Because I really believe this is an evolutionary step that we're taking. Mm-hmm. You know, Pat, when, when, I, when I would think about this when I was writing and, and, and moving into the heart, I remember in the 60s for myself when meditation started, there was a fascination for the brain. Yeah. And rightly so. Yeah. You know, and if you did meditation, oh, you know, we were always told you only have 5% of the brain that you're using. But, oh, my goodness, when you meditate, ooh, what's happening now? And there was a fascination, the meditation and quieting the mind. And, and all this was frowning. And nobody ever really talked about the heart until you say, you know, just a couple of years ago. Then and now, in the, in, in the last couple of years, probably two or three years now, there is a surge of movement right. towards, towards the heart. In right. fact, I just saw it today when I, when I was online that Joseph Chilton Pierce, now he wrote the book, on children years ago. I mean, I think I was reading his book when I had my children. Mm. And he just came out with a book about heart-brain matrix and how the heart feeds to the brain or how that should be aligned with it. I don't know too much about it, but I just saw that. You know, there's heart math. Um, many of the traditions of the indigenous people that are coming out and you and, and, and you look at that they are talking, no, no matter what you're asking them, whatever you're doing, you must move from that part of the heart. Um, I was with a Lakota shaman. Um, he was actually here at the house. And we were talking to him and trying to, I was trying to get, gather as much information I could for the plight of our Lakota people here in this country. And I asked him, what do you think is this deep-seated issue out here to try to help the people? And he simply said, love. Mm. Mm. So the indigenous people, the, the shamans and, and the people understand this. So when we talk about heart intelligence, that's our word that we're framing of an awareness of how to live this perception Um when Stephen Gitter was talking about it in The Secret Lives of Plants, he was really relating that heart intelligence to, to indigenous people and their relationship with nature. Ah. 
and how they connect with life through the heart. And that's how they retrieve their information. And he beautifully describes that. So much is coming out about this approach. And I think it'll come out more and more when people relax when the word love is said. You know, it was difficult for a while, it seemed like, to even say that or to say that to people. But when you start bringing your awareness actually down in your heart, oh, this just popped up in my head, the book, Eat, Pray, Love. Yes. When she went to that shaman, I loved it when he described her, when she said, I, I want to meditate better, you got to help me meditate. He just looked at her and he, he held her up a little doll. He says, you want to meditate better? Then you be like this. And here was this little stick man that he had that didn't have a head on it. He said, think of yourself without a head and that your eyes are where your heart is and look through those eyes to see the world. Mm. So it doesn't matter where in the world that you're looking, whether it's the Tibetan Lamas or the uh, Eat, Pray, Love, the, the, the shaman that she runs into, they're all speaking about the heart. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that is so relevant and, uh, you know, in talking about this with you um, is this idea of love and the heart. And what happens to, to us, Beth, when we feel like the energy that's coming towards us is that of hate. And I want to just talk about that for a minute. I don't usually use the word hate. I don't talk about it very uh-huh. often. But I'm very struck uh-huh. by the contrast and, and some of the commentaries, especially about this election. And one of the things one uh-huh. of the women that was on television said, one of the new senators said, uh-huh. she said, she said there, there has never been in the history of public campaigning that directed so much of the hate energy towards women. And and what she said was that that was enough to inspire women to stand empowered. And I wanted to ask you about that because I certainly don't want to go back to a time where we're reacting to things against us. I, I want to talk with you about the Amadeus energy and how we bring this forth without having to be stimulated by its contrast. There's nothing more powerful than love. Mm. And when we hear about the word hate or whatever, it would be no different than like the Dalai Lama looking at their oppressors. They don't see hate. They see fear. And when people have fear, they're not at peace with themselves. Mm. Peace is the absence of fear. So we, when we react... We're emotional beings, and when we react, that emotion comes out in different forms that we've categorized, whether it's anger, whether it's a form of hatred, but they all boil down to fear. They're fearing something. And so when we have this understanding, we can come from a level of compassion for that person. And so this will ward off absorbing that energy coming to you, but, you know, more about not making attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that I, make sense? 
It does make sense. I, I wanted to talk with you for a minute, and uh, you, you know, I don't know if this is going to be a little digression or not. Um, but I have to tell you, uh, there's a book that I keep on my my bedside, and I carry it around, and it's a little bit torn, it's a little bit withered, and it's a book called This Thing Called You by Ernest Holmes, and. I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the folks that have come forth and talked about early on, and 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 there are many people. But this little book that I have by my bedside, and I carry it around with me, you know, you wouldn't know who wrote it, who, what what particular, you know, church it belonged to or does it belong to a church. But one of the messages that has been really clear in some of the philosophies has been, that if we go within and believe that there is no separation between who we are and the spirit, the higher power, the energy force, that there is almost nothing that we can accomplish. And, you know, that little book had done that for me, especially at the darkest night of my life. And I want to ask you, what will it take for us to believe that there is no separation between what we, what we are in this human skin and that which we call a higher power, God, energy, or or whatever that is that we call it. Hmm. Big question. What would it take? <laughs> yeah, I saved this one for last. <laughs> <laughs> what would it take? I think there was a spot in the book. I can have this feeling. This is the first thing that pops up into my head. And gosh, I don't want to feel like I'm so repeating myself, but. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a point in the book where I just had an overwhelming feeling after writing about the, uh, you know, what is love and about the, the different physical aspects of the magnitude of the heart and the electromagnetic field that pulses out. And I really had to stop and think, you know, there's a reason that we are 7 billion people on the earth. There's a reason there's that many people. And if just a fraction of them drops down and put their awareness in their heart, in which we know there are. There's a vast awakening of people, and we can trust that the emanations of power of people connecting into that and entraining that globally will move and shift all of this that you're seeing that looks like discourse or chaos. What happened? when the Twin Towers were hit. Mm. Was it not fascinating that it wasn't just America, that it was the entire world in a matter of minutes were praying? That's powerful. It's powerful beyond belief. I I don't, you know, I don't focus on um, more of... uh, of this reactionary thing is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm looking more towards the beauty and the incredible awakening that I see happening to people, no matter where I'm going. You know, I travel internationally to teach, and it is, I, I, I just, I mean, I'm, I, I, I am overjoyed mm-hmm. with what I run into, and even people who are having, you know, difficulties. The level of awareness where people are 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 coming to right now is pretty powerful. 
you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about in continuing this conversation is that level of awareness that is so powerful that people are coming to. And, and you know, I completely understand what you're talking about. And I think our listeners do, too. I mean, when I, I'm from New York, and so uh, when when I first got news of what was happening there, it brought me to my knees. Uh, and praying was the exact first place that that I went, uh, besides shock. There's so many now, people. Isn't that a beautiful reaction? It is a beautiful reaction. I mean, and that leads me to this question about vulnerability. It was a conversation today that came up on my show. We talked about it, and, and you know, with a uh, a friend of mine whose book was released today, and and we talked about this idea of vulnerability, and 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 what it means that here in this country, his comment was that you know here we are now asking permission to become vulnerable, and to have that be accepted. And he talked about you know showing up. Uh, openly politicians showing their vulnerability. And as a matter of fact, he specifically talked about uh, President Obama when he stepped on the stage. I mean, the first person he, he acknowledged was Michelle, his wife, that he loved her more today, I think he said something like that, than he's ever loved her. And I think for a lot of people, it was like, wow, is that the first thing he has to say? And it was a level of vulnerability that some people applauded, and of course some people (laughs) didn't, but it was vulnerability. Are we becoming more, uh, as I would say, are we becoming more aware that vulnerability and really speaking from the heart is what humanity is really looking for these days? Well, sure, sure. And, And I think maybe what you're saying is that it's not to step out and experience. There, there is no right or wrong, Pat. And, and this is what goes back to the, one of the other questions you asked about judgment. Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong. There's only experience. Mm. And we have to surrender and allow ourselves to have the experience. It's kind of like the child who you protect so much. If the child doesn't fall down and scrape its knee, how does it learn? Or if you're always there protecting it, you know they're experiencing through life and 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 we can't be afraid we can't be afraid to step out and embrace life and if we make a mistake just dust ourselves off and say okay i made a mistake yeah and 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 i guess i'm not going down this path i need to do another one but we don't you know, and I don't know if this is where we've been conditioned in this Western mind about ranking, uh, about achievement and grades, uh, and, and, you know, through school and then right into the corporate level of how we rank and how we um, merit people, etc. No, there, it, it's okay to make a mistake. It, that, that's experience. Yeah. And it teaches you. Yeah. Yeah, I have to tell you that I, I, I have I have learned to so embrace 
the day that I get the awareness that I've made a mistake and boy, that there is such a powerful lesson. I couldn't have learned it otherwise. It took me a lot of years to get there, but, but you, mm-hmm. you know, once I practiced that, and I have, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I may be a little slow at the turn, but I had to actually practice <laughs> this. <laughs> you know, I think there are some people that pop out and get that wisdom and knowledge. That is absolutely not me. Uh, but but in the practice of this and discovering who I am and why it's so difficult to acknowledge my own mistakes, it became it became such a journey on, on its own learning. And and I and I hope that all of us can learn that these things that happen to us, and you've talked about this so beautifully in the book, are such opportunities for a greater exponential opening. You know what I, and I think that's what you're saying we here. Heard, we hear, sure, we hear people say blessings in disguise. Yeah. And what I hear you saying in this book <laughs> is blessings in disguise exponentially to your greater good and healing. Beth, thank you so much for joining us here today. One last question. What is your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? And please give your website again. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, the website is uh, www.ama-deus-international.com. The message, Pat, is that I just really hope that Amadeus becomes a household word. You know, to love God and not to be afraid to say that, to to view the world from the heart, um, changing your whole perspective, it will give you new views and new life. Mm. And thank you so very much. Well, thank you for joining us here today. I want to thank all of you out there for tuning us in and turning us on and really, you know, opening up to this healing, this sacred energy of the universe, thanks to the, the work of Dr. Beth Cosmos and, and all of you out there that are so open to stepping forth and recognizing the amazingness that w- resides within each and every one of you. You are the best listeners on the planet. I have said it a million times, and you are truly what inspires me to do a better job each day of being in service for you. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. talk radio networks broadcast whatever they want to whether the vibration is high or low without regard for another's journey they focus on the problem and not the solution other networks tune in to the highest vibration possible 
to help us live life full out. I'm Chris Stainis. To help us stand in our yes. I'm Sue London. And cultivate a platform for positive change. I'm Karen Hager. These networks don't come often. I'm CJ Liu. But when they do, they remind us that we can achieve anything that is possible. To help ourselves, to help others, and to help the planet. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. These networks aren't concerned with bombarding us with bad news. They hear something on the radio and then all of a sudden their whole day is ruined. They aren't concerned with sensationalizing an individual setbacks or challenges. Powerful, inspiring. These networks focus on amazing, innovative broadcasting. You can learn a lot. They provide a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent educational information. Everyone's a team player. These networks are tailored for an empowered, active, and diverse radio listening audience. Empowered Living Radio is where you can find it. They help us rise up. True empowerment. Create a strong foundation so we can stand powerfully in our yes. Epic social change. They invite us to thrive, appreciate our lives, and create the amazement we call ourselves. The urge to grow. These innovative networks remind us that everything is possible. Overcome those challenges in your life. That nothing is limited. That our lives are much more than anything our minds would have us to believe. Let us inspire you. These networks help us rise and shine to the occasion of our lives and live in the moment of every breath we take. Transformation Talk Radio is one of these networks. Transformative radio show that will change your life. Won't you join us? Won't you join Transformation Talk Radio? And let's change the world together. TransformationTalkRadio.com We are living in a time of great challenges and greater opportunity for transformation. The good news is that public awareness of the need for change is also growing exponentially. More than ever, your transformative message is needed to empower millions across the globe. Hi, I'm Dr. Pat, host of The Dr. Pat Show, and I'm excited about announcing an unprecedented opportunity for growth as we expand our broadcast by launching Transformation Talk Radio and the Transformation Network. Join me and a team of amazing people and host your own show on Transformation Talk Radio. Get ready to expand your horizons, tap into the best listeners anywhere, and join one of the most positive and expansive networks today. Historically, there came a time when the boundary of water was transcended as man developed the boat and the barriers of water became freeways. Join Dr. Pat as she launches this exciting venture. To host a show, call 1-800-930-2819 or email host at transformationtalkradio.com. 